0: How you guys doing? Everybody good? All right, those of you who are here in person, yeah. Hey, let's, let me tell you this. So that worship team that just spent all that time and energy, they had a day just getting to this point. They're still in that room, they'll hear you. Will you guys get like just thank them for leading us in worship? When Becky said God is not in the business of burying, but planting in what looks like a grave is a garden, like. I haven't been on social media for two years, but I would have tweeted that, like that just, that was, that was good, I wrote it down on my phone. It's almost the same thing. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, whether you're here in person, those of you who are online, my name's Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here, and um, great to be with you. Thanks for coming in on this really, like we were having a heat wave today, so good to see you guys out. And um, it's like 40 degrees warmer than yesterday, so don't laugh at that, that's not a joke. It's been, it's been a great day. I'm I'm excited about this series that we're in. We're in this series, it's our New Year's series called Forward. We're spending five weeks just talking about kinda what's ahead for us as a church and we're we're making our way through our vision statement. As a church, as a church we have this vision to be a church of generous people that honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. So last week we talked a little bit about what forward in this new year might look like for you as an individual person and how our, our model of spiritual growth, spiritual life, spiritual health, how, how you might take some next steps in that. Um, this week and for the remainder of this series, I wanna talk with you about what, what forward looks like for us as a church. Cause it's not just about you or me, it's about us together and how God is moving us forward together. And so, so I wanna talk with you today about honoring Jesus. And uh, I, I'm super excited about this time we have together, and so I think this is gonna be really encouraging, really helpful for you. I'm gonna move through a chunk of this pretty quickly. It's on the screen, so if you, those of you who are here, you need to take a picture of that screen, that'll be just fine with me. It doesn't bug me if I see your cameras up there or anything like that. So I wanna start, we are, we are a church who honors Jesus, and I wanna, I wanna talk to you about like, what honoring is, what it means to look, what it looks like to honor, what we mean when we say honor. So I, so I did this, Google search first, just to you know what what does our culture mean when we talk about honor? Webster's dictionary really was kind of the one that stuck out. They probably paid the most money to Google to be first, Um, but this is this is similar across the dictionaries out there. When you honor somebody, you regard them or treat them with great respect. You give special recognition to them. And I think we, yeah, we say yes to that, and and that's. Same with Jesus. I mean, like, that's part of what we're talking about. We talk about honoring Jesus, and the Bible, the words of the Bible connected to honor are words like dignity and praise, fame, glory, splendor, majesty, and and so you know. Again, we're picking up on this idea of someone who is worthy of great respect, who is is worthy of special recognition, and some actions that this aren't didn't on the screen. But some actions that are. Associated with honoring somebody are like it's falling on your face, bending the knee, giving gifts to them. So it's those are the kind of actions in the Bible that are associated with honor. And then there's just one definition that I'm still I'm processing. I really like it. I think it's accurate. It's from the Tyndale Bible Dictionary, and that definition of honor is devoted obedience. So the, think about that for just a second. That that when we talk about Honoring Jesus, included in that, is this idea of devoted obedience. So, so we're a church that honors Jesus. We want to move forward in that. So, so, this process of some of this, I was thinking about a question maybe some people have is, like, hey, why don't we use the word love for how we respond to Jesus? Or like, we say honor instead of love. And I think that's that's a great question. Because the Bible says, you know, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and a lot of churches, and maybe one that you've been part of before, will talk about loving Jesus, and so, like, that's a great question, why do we choose honor instead of love, and I think it's, I'll tell you why, but churches that chose love, like that's equally valid, biblically, we, you could say love Jesus, and that's like, yeah, for sure, that's part of what church is supposed to do. But we chose the word honor, because you know so so biblically, honoring and loving, particularly as it's related to Jesus, are almost synonyms. They're almost synonyms biblically. But in our culture, honor and love aren't synonyms, and in our culture, when we talk about love, often there's there's a feeling associated with that and and so it's this warm feeling that you have for someone and and Biblically, honor, because honor and, and love are linked biblically, and because culturally we've kind of separated those two things. We like the word honor for, because some of us have this warm feeling towards Jesus. Like we love him. You, you feel it, and you're like, you, you feel it. When you think about him, we sing, when you read scripture, when you talk about him, we, we, we feel this. Some of us have this warm feeling towards Jesus. But just because you have that warm feeling doesn't mean you honor him. Because you know, Jesus looked right at his disciples and he said to them, hey, if you, if you love me, you'll do what I say. And so that, that definition we looked at just a minute ago from that Bible dictionary, that idea of devoted obedience. you know—that's So if you love me, you'll do what I say. And so, so there, there are some of us who, who we have that warm feeling and say we love Jesus but we We don't all the way honor him, and so so we use this term honor to help that group. There's also another group that we use. there, There are some of us who, because that feeling is connected with love, don't have that warm feeling towards Jesus. And here's what you gotta know. If you're one of those people who don't have that warm feeling, you can still honor him. You don't have to have that that warm feeling that you and I in our culture would say is love, to be a person who honors and moves forward in honoring Jesus, you devoted obedience. You know you can you can honor him even if you don't have that warm feeling. So I, I've been a Christian since I was a kid, um, and I've I've taken my faith seriously most of my adult life. And most of my adult life, I would have to tell you that I did not have that warm feeling towards Jesus. When we would talk about loving Jesus, there was like that was not part of my faith, my spiritual life, whatever. And, and so if you're, if you're sitting here feeling that way, like I've experienced, like me too, I know what you're talking about. And, um, Something happened for me. I was sitting in a pastor's meeting at our last church, we moved here from in Texas, and we were talking about this, and I just I told the other guys, I said, that, that warm, fuzzy, isn't, that isn't part of my experience. And one of the other guys, his name's Charles Patterson, he looked at me and he said, he said, I'm gonna pray for you about that. And he did, and I have changed, like I'm different over these last couple of years and and so i tell you that to say that you know, just because you don't have that warm feeling doesn't mean you don't love him biblically. But I would also say if you're a person who doesn't experience that warmth, you might ought to tell a Christian friend I'd suggest it and ask them to pray for you and maybe some things could change for you in that regard. But so that's a long explanation of we we choose this word, we honor Jesus because because some of us love him culturally, but we don't go all the way biblically and honor him with obedience. And some of us honor him, but we don't have that love feeling. And so I think this honor, using that word, helps us. So, so we honor him. Let me talk with you for a couple minutes about why Jesus is worthy of honor. And this, if you've been around, you may think, man, why are we spending time on this? But this is, we gotta talk about this. This is. This is cool stuff about why Jesus is worthy of our honor. And I wanna approach this from two perspectives. I'm gonna approach it first from the perspective of why Jesus is worthy of honor from all people everywhere, people have ever lived. And then I wanna talk about, for a couple minutes, about why he's worthy of honor from us, Christian people, his church, okay? So and I know, I'm moving through this stuff and we're just gonna move. So. So why Jesus is worthy of honor from all people everywhere, first is he is the creator and sustainer of life. He is, he is the reason that every person and everything that you and I are aware of exists. Like He's the reason for all that. In Colossians chapter one, verses 15 and 16, the scripture talking about Jesus, says the Son is the, Im- the image of the invisible God, Firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And it's just this really clear statement of who Jesus is. First, he's the image of the invisible God, and so if you want to know if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus, because Jesus is a perfect picture; he's a perfect representation of of who God is. He's He is God's image. He's how God makes himself known to us in and through Jesus. And then it says of him that he is the firstborn over all creation. And that over is a really important word. (laughs) He's he's not the firstborn of creation like he was the first created thing. He is the firstborn over creation. And so, so in some ways, like the firstborn kid in a family, Jesus is... He's been present since anything else came into existence, but unlike a firstborn kid in a family, Jesus, he eternally existed, like pre-existence. The Bible's really clear about that. It leaves no room for us to think that Jesus was somehow, like there's ever a time when he didn't exist, that somehow he was created or came into existence. He's he's the eternal God. And so he is eternally pre-existent. He is the firstborn over all creation. And so if he wasn't like born, like we experience that word firstborn in a family, why would the Bible use that word? The reason is we're reading an ancient document. In ancient days when the Bible was written, firstborn was the one who's in charge. Like the firstborn received everything from dad and firstborn was like cared for it, distributed it, ran the family business, firstborn was in charge, secondborn, third, whatever number, if you weren't the firstborn, how many of you are firstborns in this room? Like firstborns would run the world. In the old, I'm a firstborn too, like those were the good old days, right? Firstborns ran the world, and so, and so the ancient reader in their mind when they hear firstborn, they're hearing, oh, he's, he's in charge of this whole thing. So we would probably, as people who read this from different cultural contexts, we should probably focus in on the word over. Like he is he is over all creation. The reason he's over all creation is because he made it all. He created everything that everything, every one of us and everything that you and I know the stuff we see and the stuff that we don't know, the stuff that we don't see, it it exists because Jesus is the creator of it. And as the creator, we should we should honor him. And then the second reason that all people everywhere of all times should honor Jesus is because he's our final judge. He's our final judge. So when this, when this all wraps up and you're done and I'm done and there, there is a final judgment day and when that final judgment day comes, we're gonna be standing before Jesus. He's our final judge. So Jesus says this about himself in John chapter five, Starting in verse 21, he says, for just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. And whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And so Jesus is saying this, to so everybody who was listening to him, says, hey, there's, when the whole thing wraps up, you're, you're not gonna be standing before some fuzzy picture of God as you think about him. Jesus says, you're gonna be standing before me. And so he is our final judge. There's this ancient, this ancient prophetic statement from Psalm chapter two. Psalmist wrote this and he's writing it to kings and leaders, rulers of the earth about how they should be related to God and to his son regardless of what, what, what they, whether they're, they were apathetic or whether they were rebellious towards him. This is how the kings of the earth should be related to, to, the, to serve the Lord, <laughs> serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son. Like, bow your knee and kiss his ring. Kinda kiss the sun, or he'll be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And so, so Jesus is like, this is God's son. Jesus is, he's the judge. And at the end of all things, we're gonna answer to him. He's not gonna answer to us. You know, there, there's moments when some of us will say, oh, I'm gonna, like I can't wait to, t- no, he, you're, we're not, he's not gonna answer to us. We're gonna answer to him. And if you're going to stand before him at the end of all things, I mean, wisdom would say, you, sh- you should honor him before that moment so that you don't have to worry about that moment when it comes, and, and so whether dishonor for you or has looked like apathy or whether it looks like rebellion or honor is, is the right way for all people everywhere to respond to Jesus, first of all, because he made us. We have life because of, because of him. But because he's our final judge, like we're gonna stand before him. And so bow the knee, kiss the ring, recognize that this is a guy who's worthy of honor, eternal kind of honor, so all people everywhere should honor. Second way I wanna approach this is like why we as Christian people, his church, should honor him, two reasons for that. And first one is because he's the head of the church. He's the head of the church. Um, And head, in the Bible, that word head, it can mean kind of have two different nuances to it. It can mean like the source, you know, like the headwaters of a river, something like that, so it can mean it can mean that. Or it can mean leader. In different places when it's talking about Jesus, both of those things are true of him about the church. But this verse I'm about to read to you, I think it leans more towards he's, he's the leader. You know, he's, he's the one who's over this us. And so Colossians, we're back in Colossians chapter one, just down another verse or two there, verse 18, speaking of Jesus, he's the head of the body church he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy so he's the head of the body the church and again you know when you when you start to think of that image that biblical image of a head and a body that he is the head of this body that we call church and the head is worthy of honor. it's, it's a leader's source of life it's just he's Worthy of being honored because he's he's head of us. He's over us, it's the church. And then that second reason for Christian people is also in these verses, This, this is amazing to me. Not only is he the head of the church, he is our victory over death. He's our victory over death and we honor him as victor. It says that he is the beginning from among the dead. It gives two words about from among the dead. First, he's the beginning and second, he's the firstborn. So he's the beginning among the dead, he's he's the first, in his resurrection from the dead, Jesus is the first person who rose again from the dead never to die again, first one. Other people in the scriptures, we have stories of other people who have died and then they have been, the word that scholars, theologians will use is resuscitated. Like they have come back to life to die again. Jesus is the only person, to this point, Jesus is the only person who rose from the dead never to die again. So he is, he is the beginning. Now what's really cool about this is he's the beginning. He's, he's not the only person who ever will. He is the only person to this point. And because he rose again from the dead, What you and I, as believers in Jesus, people who've been united with him in his death, we have the promise and the hope that we will also be united with him in his resurrection. And so you and I, as believers in Jesus, we have this future where we will, too, be raised from the dead, never to die again. And so Jesus is our victory over death. He's the the beginning of those who will rise again from the dead. And then we have the word again, he's the firstborn from the dead. And this is, this is again, we're talking about like he's first. When the rest of us are resurrected, when the rest of us are, he will have, he's already there, he's present, he will meet us as we come into this new kind of eternal life, he's, he is the firstborn in that way, but he is, he is over. Again, he's, he's the one who's in charge. He's in charge of this resurrection from the dead kind of thing because he entered into death, conquered death. And what he's doing for you and for me is he's allowing us to share in his victory. That that is amazing to me that you, you don't win a victory over death, I don't win a victory over death, our hope for for the next life is, is not in me and your hope for the next life is not in you, it is, it's Jesus. He, he won the victory over death and because he loves you and because he is gracious towards us and merciful towards us, he has this victory and he is the firstborn and he's in charge of what he's gonna do with this victory. He has this victory and he says here, you can participate in my victory. And and so you and I, as Christian people, we're a forward-looking, future-looking people. We have have this eternal hope, and this eternal hope is present for us and will ultimately be brought to us by Jesus. And because of that, he's worthy of our honor. He is worth being honored because of his resurrection from the dead, even if it stood by itself. But beyond that, he is sharing that victory over death with you and with me, and because he shares his victory, like he's our victory, so we, we honor him, is that. So those are two things, and we could be here for weeks talking about the reasons that Jesus is worthy of our honor. And you don't wanna stay that long, and you know my voice would get tired after a few hours. So um, I wanna, I wanna kind of move forward a little bit and talk to you about the practical, the why, like the what, not the why, the what. How, how does this look for us as a church to move forward in honoring Jesus? Now, as I jump into that, let me, let me show you this statement that Jesus made to a group of people. He made it to his followers about a group of people, and he's quoting the prophet Isaiah, and he's, he says this, he says, um, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So I wanna, I wanna say at the start of what, what does the practical side of all this look like? We're not, we're not trying to create a list of rules. Not trying to establish cultural norms for people to follow. If, if you were alive in Jesus' day and saw the lives of the group of people he was talking about, these people honor, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. If you, if you just watch their lives, watch watched the things that they said and you watch the rules that they followed, your and my conclusion about them would be, wow, these people really honor God. And Jesus looks at That group of people, and he says, yeah, Isaiah the prophet had it right. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You're following a bunch of human rules. You're checking the boxes and going your way. And they had created a list of rules and established cultural norms. And and so we're we're not interested in that at all. Your hearts, like Jesus wants our heart And he wants honor to come from the heart. And the coolest thing about all this is when you put your trust in Jesus as your savior, what he does for you is he gives you a new heart. So you have this new spiritual heart that is a heart of flesh, it's not a heart of stone, it's alive, like the rules that God has for his people and the desire to honor him is written in that heart. And so, when we talk about honoring Jesus, we're not talking about, here's a list of rules that Daryl or somebody, the elders made that we now have to follow. Here's here's some things that we, we're talking about like living from this new heart that God has already given to us, engaging in the kinds of things that this new heart is excited about and drawn to. And so this is, this is like, this is a we get to do this kind of thing. So when we're talking about what it means to honor Jesus, what forward in that looks like, this is, this is something that God has. He's already given this to you. He's given it to me. He's given it to us. He's given. He's given us everything we need about it. We're just saying yes to it and walking in it. All right. So let's let's talk real quick about. Got two slides. I'm going to show you. I think there's only two. Worship is the first thing. So from our new hearts, honoring Jesus, moving forward and honoring Jesus. So we move forward as people who worship, as a worshiping community. There there are three things that just to think about today, first from the Psalms, it talks about ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Ascribing means like telling him about him. So it's, it's, it's a clear statement to Jesus about who you know him and experience him to be. So ascribing to the Lord the glory due his name. The second one, declare his glory among the nations his marvelous deeds among all people. So this is, this is how we talk to each other and also the people who are in our community and the people who are around the globe. That we are a people who declare his glory and his marvelous deeds to those who are in our circle of hearing. Cool thing about this. Here locally, you guys know we have a lot of ministry partners, we're in, really engaged in our city. There are lots of opportunities for for each one of us to be involved with those ministry partners. And this declare his glory among the nations, like that, that includes the people who live here in the greater Rochester area. So we have lots of opportunities there. We also, we're a church that's really involved in missions. We've got a cool thing coming um, and we, we're developing, working on a partnership with the with ministry in the Dominican Republic. So I think it's probably been a decade since the la- we've sent our students on mission trips, but it's been a long time since we have had a group of adults go on a mission trip here. We go over to Sisseton, so it's kind of regional, but to go among, to the nations, to go to the nations. And so next weekend, I think we're gonna pray over them and send, we have a scout team going to the Dominican Republic. Don't you wish you would have been on the scout team to go to the DR in January? Sorry, if you, if you weren't on it, I, I don't know how you got on it. They didn't invite me either. So, but next, so we're, we're sending a scout team to establish relationships because we live in this really unique time in, in history where, like, where we can actually go. We don't have to send somebody for their whole life to get them beyond you know, the borders of our region. You can actually go and you can come back and you can be part of this, declaring his glory among the nations. And so in days ahead, we're gonna have opportunities for, for the adults of our church to, like, what we love about the Dominican Republic is You can Take a four or five day trip, get down there and be back and do it over a long weekend and, and be part of this and let God stir some of that stuff in your heart. So declaring his glory among the nations, we're gonna continue to move forward in that. And then the last one, God says that those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. And there's this whole thing of what a thank offering looks like in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, God's way of relating with people. He's just, Christian people are grateful. And so we're just gonna, this is a grateful church. This isn't a a, a woodshed conversation of any sort for you. We're just gonna continue to grow and be people who are grateful for who the Lord is and what he's done, what he's doing for us, and so when we think about worship, think about, think about being people who are growing in our ability and willingness to ascribe to the Lord and to declare his glory among the nations and to be grateful for what he's doing for us. And then the, the next thing that I'd put up there for us is sacrificial giving, moving forward and honoring Jesus, sacrificial giving. All right, so now, I want you to hear me on this. Okay, this, this next little bit, this is not to talk to you about being a giver. Okay, you, you know I'm very capable of that conversation and we have it frequently, but this is, this is not about you being a giver. This is about why we, as a church, give. So, so what you and I give to Christ Community Church, a chunk of that is given away into our community and into our world and I don't have the exact numbers, we'll have them for you at the annual meeting, it's on January 23rd. I think it's close to 30% from 2021, about 30% of what we gave to our church was given from our church into this community and around the world. So, so there are several reasons for this and these are some of the verses. The first one is from the Proverbs and it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, speaking into an agrarian culture. so. So that's for individuals, but it's also for us, together, that we would honor him. And part of the way we honor him is, you know, keep the lights on, keep the doors open, staff here, ministry opportunities, like all that stuff, but we also honor him by giving away part of what he has given to us. Proverbs chapter 14, that next verse, this, this is one of my favorite verses. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. And what I love about this verse is how practical it is. If you, if you wanna honor God, being kind to people who are made in his image, kindness to people who are made in his image, and not just being nice, but you know, there's a little juxtaposition going on here in the language, the first and second line of this proverb, we suppressing the poor and lifting them up. And the poor isn't like just one little group. We're all poor in some ways. We're all marginalized in some ways. There's some things about each one of us where we don't have enough, and the way we can move into each other's lives and honor God collectively is to, to lift up people who are in need of lifting. So we, We are big fans of, and we are ministry partners with a number of organizations in our community because of this verse. Because because one of the ways we honor the Lord is being kind to people who are in need. And so we give time, energy, money, we're in relationship with, fans of, cheering on ministries who, who are kind to the poor, who are really good at it. I was thinking about this today as I was thinking through So I think about, I know I'm not, most of you who are listening to me, you're not good at helping somebody overcome their addiction. But Teen Challenge is. People at Teen Challenge are really good at that. And so we engage with Teen Challenge to to be part of what they're doing. We partner with them so that we can be part of lifting up people who have found themselves in bondage. And so, so we, Teen Challenge is one of our ministry partners. Most, most of us don't, don't know how to help a woman who is so fearful in her pregnancy that she's considering an abortion. But New Life Ministries does. And so we partner with New Life Ministries so that we can be part of that lifting up that, that they're engaged with. And most of us don't know how to reach a high school student who has so many barriers between them and Jesus and that that gap is is really big, but Young Life does, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes does, and so we engage with those ministries because they're reaching people that, that we, we couldn't, that we're, we don't know how to do that, but they're experts at it, and so we engage with them and let them teach us, and we come alongside and help them in that. And most of us don't know how to, in a helpful way, welcome a refugee to our community. Arrive Ministries does. And so we have a partnership with Arrive Ministries here in Rochester so that we can be part of receiving these people that God is bringing to our community and helping them land here really well. And all these organizations do all this stuff in Jesus' name. And so we're with them in that. And so one of the ways that we honor Jesus is by partnering with these organizations who they're really good at being kind to a particular segment of, of marginalized, oppressed people, lifting them up. And so we, we get to do that. And we're gonna continue to be a sacrificially giving church for that. Um, this last verse on this slide for us, Revelation chapter five, verse 12. This is kinda worship, it's honor, it's, it's all the stuff. This is one of the songs of heaven. This is, this is when heaven looks at Jesus. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. Power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, praise. Just any, any word, synonym that you can think of connected to what like Jesus is worthy of receiving that and the fact that that word wealth is in there. He is, he is worthy of what we would give to him and so we honor him by giving to him. Okay, big drink from a fire hose on all that. I'm, I'm almost done, I wanna, I wanna share one more thing with you. It's real fast. This is something that, that God says. First Samuel chapter two, verse 30, God makes this statement. He says, I honor those who honor me. And Jesus looks at his followers and says to them, my Father will honor the one who serves me. So, what, so what, this, this isn't why we honor Jesus. This is, he's worthy of honor. If these, if these words were never written down for us, if they never came from the heart of God, from the mouth of Jesus, he's still worthy of honor. From all people, all times, he's our creator and he's our judge and of us as the church because he is the head of this church and he is our victory over death. Like he is worthy of honor regardless of this. But those who honor him he will honor. And what that, what that says to you and to me is, is that God is not a taker. God is a giver. And, and so, so you and I have this tremendous opportunity to get into this, it's, just, it's kind of a circle, of we honor him and he blesses and honors us and we honor him, and he blesses and honors us, and we honor him, and he blesses and honors us, and, and we get to be part of that as people who are committed to honoring him. And, and so, so we're gonna be people who honor the Lord. You know, we're gonna be a church that honors the Lord. We're gonna to continue to move forward in honoring him because he is worthy of that, and then we get to live in this, this stream and this flow of his honor and blessing on the people who will honor him. I, I can't think of anything better for us as a group of people. So I wanna pray that for us. Would you guys please bow your head, close your eyes with me? So Lord, thank you that... Um, but you're not, you're not in the burying business, you're in the planting business, and what look like graves to us, you're making them gardens. What a thing, that you would that you'd use your great power and your great wisdom, and bring that to bear in the lives of people like us. We, um, we praise you, and just from our hearts, you are, you are worthy of honor. Jesus, you are, you're worthy of being lifted up. You're worthy of being talked about in this building, over the internet. You're worthy of being talked about in our workplaces, around water coolers, in Zoom meetings, in our classrooms. You're worthy of, you're worthy of your glory being declared. And we wanna be people who participate in that. And we really are grateful that you're, you're a giver, and not a taker. And we get to be part of all this because you have given to us. You've given us life, and you've given us this new heart. So thank you. I pray for myself, I pray for my friends in this room, I pray for the people who say yes, I'm part of Christ Community Church, that we would be forward, always forward, in honoring you, Jesus. You are, you're the reason we're here, and so we, we lift you up, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, great to be with you guys today. Thanks for being with us. Um, if, you, if you would like prayer for any reason, don't have to be connected to this. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, there'll be prayer leaders down front here in this room. Online, you can connect with your host. We'd love to be able to pray for you, with you. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.